Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of CI Conversations. As always, I'm your host, Jen Sane, and today I am delighted to welcome Kelly Rowe, Executive Creative Director at Jack Morton, to talk about creativity. And it's kind of interesting. We've never done a podcast specifically on creativity, which is, you know, we've been remiss in that. So I'm really excited. This is going to be a real treat for our listeners. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be the first topic on creativity. Also a little um, intimidated, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. no, not a, this is going to be fantastic. Yeah. So the first question that I have for you, it might seem like the antithesis of creativity, because it's about data. And I mean, perhaps a year ago, two years ago, you could say maybe it was the antithesis. But I think today, data actually factors quite a bit into creativity. I said that, you know, to be cheeky, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If you agree that data is kind of going hand in hand with creativity, of course, when we say data, we mean consumer data, sometimes first party consumer data. And if there's a right way to incorporate that for driving creativity forward? Yeah, I love this question. I've had many conversations with colleagues and other people in the industry as well about it. And I think as a creative, I think you hear the word data or data. Uh, I don't know which, but, and it's really intimidating. In essence, I like to think of it as just really information, right? It's information that you either have and you can leverage in the experiences that you're creating or the messages that you're making in order to make a more personal connection and message with your consumer, or it's the other side of it. It's what what do you want to learn about your consumer? And we can like leverage incentives and data as a way to, to get people to share that with us. So I like to think of it in really simple terms because it helps me as a creative wrap my head around how I would apply it, right? To me, my favorite source of data is TikTok. And so to me, that kind of takes the seriousness out of it, right? But if you think about where a lot of trends are being pulled from, it's in the social channels in which consumers are having the conversation conversations, right? If you understand your brand and what they stand for and and who you talk to, you can proactively go to the places they're having those conversations and pull data, right? You can pull insights and those, some of the best brands and brands acts and work that I'm seeing is really leveraging data in that way as a creative inspiration straight from the mouths of the consumers. And it's not just informing what a social post might look, right? It's definitely doing that, but it's also informing like product innovation or even new flavors or or new things that consumers are asking for. And I think that's really exciting. It's just another way to have a one-to-one conversation and show that we're listening to consumers. So that's how I look um, at data. And then also on the flip side of it, it's a great way to see what's working and resonating with your consumer as well, right? And even the word consumer, I find so cold and stale, but it's like, are people liking what we're putting out into the world? Are they resonating to it? If they are, how can we leverage that? more to repeat that success and and give them more of what they're asking for? Or if it's not, then what can we learn from the data that's coming from that to, to optimize or just scrap that approach and start from scratch? So I really look at it as just information that can drive for better work, strengthen relationships with consumers. And data is just a a bad four-letter word, right? Like it's just got a bad vibe, but it's really just information. Yeah, I love that. Because I think when we talk about data data, we often look at, you know, different streams of very technical, you know, collection and analytics and things like that. But I love the idea of looking at social because that's it's so immediate too. I mean, trends just boom, like just 
go like wildfire. I mean, just the viral nature of it. And and I just love that you presence both sides of it, both where the innovation is and, you know, the subcultures that pop up and what's, you know, driving, you know, different generations. Although, you know, TikTok does have its pretty target audience, but also knowing what they don't like because there's no filter there. I mean, it is real, raw, real-time data, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And I mean, I've been in part of like larger data initiatives too. Like back in the day when I was working in a razorfish, we were doing like a data strategy for smuckers. And it really was working with the data experts and strategists that could call it down in a way that as a creative, I knew how to jump in and I knew how to leverage it. Or I knew the job of the creative was to help get the information right. Like, so I loved the simplicity and I had a lot of help with some like real data nerds that did the larger strategic planning of like, what do we know? What do we want to know that really helped bring in the creatives at the right time to leverage and jump on that data? So to kind of switch topics for a second, I always, you know, on on every podcast that I've mentioned this, I always say it's the elephant in the room. And of course, it's AI. We can't have a podcast these days and not talk about AI. It's just everywhere and affecting our work. So this is a very broad question, but how do you see AI affecting your work as a creative now? How do you think it might be in the immediate future? How do you hope it would affect it? So all those kind of little tendrils, you know, going back to this big, massive concept of AI. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think AI has a huge impact in the creative space in all industries. Really, I think I'm so excited to see and learn more and more every day of of how it's impacting. I make a joke to my husband of like, I'm only speaking kindly to Alexa from now on because I want the robots to remember me when they take over the world. I mean, I do think there is a very scary nature to it, but I've also kind of always been maybe just through the nature of what type of work I like to do. I get really energized and and geeked out about learning about new technology. So it's interesting. I I actually asked ChatGPT to help me answer this. And while I didn't, I'm not going to read verbatim what her answer is. I've gendered her, her. But it does help me get to my thoughts quicker because it's organized the different ways AI affects creativity at a high level in a way that like sparks my own responses of thoughts that were within kind of those communication pillars, if that makes sense. So it does. full disclosure, I've used chat GPT for formulating my podcast questions. So it's a great starting space. Yeah. It's funny, a year ago, I was just dabbling with it, right? Like it was more like a face filter on TikTok. Let's play with it, see what comes out of it. But I use it daily now and I use it from everything from if I have an idea statement or even an email, I'll throw it to JatTPT and see like, does this make sense? Can you proofread this? Is there a simpler way to say this? And I rarely use verbatim what she's spit back, but I'm sorry that I'm gendering her. The JatTPT, it is probably what I should call it. I don't know. What should we call it? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it might I have really a use it. It'll tell us soon. Yeah, but I find it a really helpful tool in almost everything that I do. From ideation, sometimes I'll like bounce back ideas back and forth with the chat GPT tool. Or if I'm helping write a creative brief, I'll plug in what my insight is and see if it really truly is unique. And it reminds me of like when I first discovered thesaurus.com as a copywriter, like way back in the day, right? It was like the words and the definitions that popped up helped spark connections in my brains that weren't already there before. It wasn't writing the headline for me. And I think that that's not what ChatGPT or AI is doing. It's not, it's not completing the creative because 
the quality of the output is only as quality as the input. And it still takes that creative thinking and concepts and, and ideas that you're putting into it. But I, I'm using it daily for the smallest, minute task. And, and that's just chat GPT, right? Like I'm really working with my art and design partners and the folks that are coming up with the visualization of concepts and, you know, figuring out how they can leverage these tools to bring their concepts to life in a more really agile way. It's, you know, really really sped up some of the that creative process of, hey, we're not selling the final look and feel, we're just selling the idea here. So how can we quickly get to something? And I think the other AI tools, Dolly and Midjourney and gosh, even tools built directly into Adobe and now ChatGPT does visuals too. I think that's been a really helpful tool in like the brainstorming space, I would say, um, for the creative ideation. So yeah, I... I don't know if that's directly answering your questions. I think another tool, the AI that I recently just started using is not even in the creative space, but more in the project management and organizational space is Microsoft has this tool called Copilot, which yes, I use that. Oh, you're using it. So yes. just this week I've started using it and I can already see value in it. And it's a good, like gives good recap notes from a meeting that you were just in it gives me like, here's a deck that I need to read. It gives me high level overview. And like, honestly, that's a really good test to see if the overview is actually mirroring the structure and the story that we want to tell through our experience. So I'm finding so much value in it. I am so excited at how much even my own learning and application of AI in my day-to-day has happened within a year. And it's moving so fast that it's it's scary, but also exciting to think of what we'll be doing a year from now. Um, pretty exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And I love, you know, because of course there are concerns and challenges and all that stuff, but it's nice. It's nice to hear your enthusiasm for it because it is a tool. I really, and it's a powerful tool and that can really just, you know, just change the way we work and, and accelerate it and, and you know, free up brain space for other things, particularly in your case for, you know, creative thinking and all that stuff. So. I agree. I I think it's also a way to kind of democratize creativity, right? Like I am a writer by nature. So I have always struggled or wondered of, should I have explored more of the design direction or art direction so that I could also take my ideas and visually bring them to life? And I think that these tools are becoming more empowering and that if you have the idea you know the right input, you can start to visualize those. Um, I think she doesn't take creative direction very well yet. Like, but I gave some, like last week I was, I had an idea for a project we were working on of like, let's have the pasta sauce, a giant jar of pasta sauce tipped over with a red carpet running out of it. And she was able to, it's also, I'm just, like struggling with the fact that I keep calling her she. That GPT was able to like spit that back out, right? And it was pretty good, except there was like a noodle texture in the sauce that was pretty grotesque. So <laughs> I gave pretty explicit feedback of like, love everything, keep it, just remove the noodle texture. And it came back with something like completely different. So there's like, I'm I'm excited to see how they, the like, building on what you've created and tweaking it. I haven't seen that happen, but I know that it's already being worked on and it's just a matter of time until until we get there. 
So kind of moving away now from AI to another huge topic that's just kind of dominating, you know, talks and discussions within our industry is commerce and yeah. how that has become so integrated to creative and really all aspects of marketing. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, I w when I saw this question, I was really thinking of it from even what we do here at Jack and the role of experiential. And I was thinking about my own consumer behavior and just the trend of commerce being predominantly online, right? Like, and if you think of the younger generation shopping predominantly online, but still hungry for some real life experiences. And I think that the brands that are doing it well and doing it right are bringing value to the consumers who come to store beyond the products that they're selling. Right. And um, I think McDonald's just kind of did this with Cosmic, right? This pop-up experience and a new evolution of their brand to um, reach new consumers, but give people a reason to come and check it out. Um, I just saw this morning that Curb Your Enthusiasm's last season is, is coming up, like the season finale. And a coffee company called Minotti's, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I don't know if you saw this, but... They, they did a pop-up where they basically skinned their coffee shops to be called Latte Larry's, and they're selling um, Spite. They're serving Spite, which is a, a harken back to um, a season or an episode of theirs where Larry David is um, talking about it. So I think that's just a really interesting way of tapping into culture to drive commerce in the real-life environment. Other than that, like there's so many blurred lines of like there used to be such clear delineation of the consumer journey, right? Like this is an awareness driving piece and this is a purchase like and you see the message and the call to action stronger towards the end of the funnel. But the funnel doesn't exist anymore. And something that is an awareness driving asset can lead you directly to purchase and you can have that show up on your doorstep, you know, in an hour. So I think that to me, it's just a great excuse to be more brave in the creative space and also focus on work that is rooted in truths and not product features. Because if you think about the channels and the work that breaks through, it's it's work that reaches people on an emotional level. So, and not the like product like whitens teeth in three minutes. Like I, it's, um, well, shoot, that probably actually works really well. I don't know. <laughs> That's what inspires me is this like non-delineation and, and fluidness of where people shop is really um, blurred the lines between the funnel and what work is working hard, but also the the need to think about the experience in store and how it can add value and how it can build on your brand more than just selling the product like how you can use that that experience to build to build that relationship um in really memorable ways i think i see a lot of people doing things in in creative spaces like that so that excites me yeah absolutely and i think that kind of goes back to what you were saying in terms of you know data collection and you know, to understand, well, understanding your, you know, consumer for lack of a better word. Um, and, you know, kind of giving them, if you know, you know, moments, you know, with Larry's lattes and, and, right. you know, spite, like it, you know, kind of really making, I think you'd use the word memorable and, you know, authentic and, and, you know, 
to use marketing term targeted and and which ultimately resonates and you know will lead to that call to action so i think that kind of marries both of those conversations absolutely um i've always kind of struggled of talking about work in like silos because i think that all great ideas are starting from the same point of rooted in a consumer insight and even if you're trying to sell something it still starts there um versus if you're trying to create awareness so i I think like even when you think about commerce, it's not separate from social, right? And if social is not separate from brand purpose, it's um, it's so intertwined in what works um, are those memorable ideas that break through, right? Um, so. Awesome. All right. So we've kind of talked about the three behemoths, data, AI, and commerce. Is there anything else that you see that's crucial to driving the future of creative? Oh, gosh. I mean, this probably isn't anything new, but I think collaboration is even more important today than ever. I think it's something that I learned a lot about by working in-house, right? I think, and when I mean collaboration, I think it's always happened really well within the agency world. And I think that in some client relationships, probably the best, it's working well there too, because it's that trust and that shared goal and that that common desire to make incredible work and really understanding that shared goal that leads to great work. I think there's more and more expectations of that being table stakes versus unicorn, right? Like, I think that when you're working on a brand, their business problems are your business problems. And, you know, I think that that, that collaboration and that true integration that allows you to tackle them together and deliver with agility is really important um, in, in today's world. Awesome. Um, so, you know, you've given some great examples and I know our listeners are always hungry for kind of real life examples. So is there any, any recent work, either, um, your clients or, you know, others that are not clients that really give a whisper of things to come? Well, I'm working on something right now that I can't really like fully disclose, um, but it's a big project for Guinness and Guinness is brewery. It's called Open Gate Brewery. It's a brewery here in Chicago. There's also one in Baltimore that is kind of their, um, oh gosh, I sh I'm like totally flubbing what they're, they're going to do. The client will kill me. But they're basically like a, a pilot themselves of creating an incubator to test out different beers made by Guinness beyond what they're kind of known for is that stout. So um, it's an incredible, incredible um brewery and restaurant rather, but we're working with them to create experiences for St. Patrick's Day. So what a dream, right? We get to work with Guinness on like the biggest um, holiday of the year, right? So I, I can't really tell you much in detail, but like I can tell you how we're approaching it. And it's really like rooted in what Jack is calling like fluid ideas, right? And it's, again, going back to those concepts that are rooted in human insights, but they aren't merely tactics, right? They're big ideas, but they start with the experience at the core of the campaign. And But it has the ability, because it's rooted in insights, to reach more than just the folks on the ground, right? So that's what we're really working on now is how to create these experiences 
that are memorable and shareable. Um, and that's, I wish I could tell you more, but in just, you know. It's okay. We love a good teaser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for that to come to life and to get that out in the world, but. Great. Um, all right. So we're kind of nearing the end of our time together. So I, you know, you talked about collaboration as, you know, something that's really um, important right now to the, you know, to creativity and, you know, in addition to what we've already talked about, is there any other trends that you predict will have a major impact on the future of creativity or marketing and advertising in general? Um, it could even be category specific or, you know, anything that you see, you know, future facing and, and also what's really lighting you up. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not necessarily a new trend, but I see it an increasing trend that more and brands are hopping on, on and it's, um, it's brand acts and not ads, right? And it really goes back to the talking less and doing more. And I think that the younger generation especially is is really um, demanding that from brands, right? Like tell us what you stand for and who you stand with and show us that, don't just tell us. So I'm really excited about that and seeing more brands activate that in their space. And I think it's also leveraging those trends and talking to consumers fan to fan and not brand to fan, right? So it's really empowering that that fandom and love through our own love. And so it doesn't feel like it's coming from a different source. And I think that I see more and more of that. And that that works really well in social, but that works in every channel, right? Um, that's how people want to be seen. They want to see a little bit of themselves in the work that we create. And I think that that's the way to do it. Um, I think McDonald's famous orders is a great example of that. Um, are you familiar with it? It's like they took celebrities and they packaged what their favorite orders are and then sold that. And that was started, I think, by a trend that they saw on TikTok that of those menu hacks, right? So it's it's really diving into culture and not just um, mimicking what they're seeing, but driving it. I think McDonald's is doing a great job there. I just saw something really simple, but so smart by Sarah V. Did you see this? It was a partnership with Michael Sarah, and he lit into stores and just signed package or signed product that said Michael before Sarah V. So a very simple, like just leveraging his celebrity. He obviously has um, just a great energy and vibe. And I'm sure like you know, aligned with what Sarah V wanted to stand for in their tone. And um, you know, it also, they also released like just pictures of him carrying cases down the street. So it's sort of a very scrappy level. I just saw this morning. I was really inspired by that. But to me, that's a great example of talking fan to fan instead of brand to fan, right? Um, not overthinking how you're bringing to life and being so polished, but just thinking about what's going to really break through and, and connect with folks. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. And that is such a fun note to end on. So thank you so much for being here. This was such a fun and invigorating conversation. And I'm so glad that, um, yeah, that you are our first guest to talk about creativity. I, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time and, and the opportunity. Absolutely.